The scripture reading for today is 1 Kings chapter 21, verses 1 to 10. Now Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard in Jezreel, beside the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And after this, Ahab said to Naboth, Give me your vineyard, that I may have it for a vegetable garden, because it is near my house, and I will give you a better vineyard for it. Or, if it seems good to you, I will give you its value in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. And Ahab went into his house vexed and sullen because of what Naboth the Jezreelite had said to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. But Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said to him, Why is your spirit so vexed that you eat no food? And he said to her, Because I spoke to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me your vineyard for money, or else, if it please you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give you my vineyard. And Jezebel, his wife, said to him, Do you now govern Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. And she sent the letters to the elders and the leaders who lived with Naboth in his city. And she wrote in the letters, Proclaim a fast, and set Naboth at the head of the people, and set two worthless men opposite him, and let them bring a charge against him, saying, You have cursed God and the king, and take him out and stone him to death. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Why don't we turn to one another once again and say, May God shine His face on you. Can we say that? Let's bless one another. Welcome to our Sunday worship. You may be seated. We welcome those who are joining us also online as well. And may you worship our Lord Jesus Christ, recognizing that the presence of the Lord is with you, even in your house. And may you fix your eyes and hear God's word uh, today so that God will be pleased and receive your worship uh, from where you are. So we've been continuing on with Elijah series, God's extraordinary power in dark times. And today's message is about God's justice. It's a title called Living Out God's Justice. Injustice is a part of norm in this broken world. Uh, Bill Gates uh, said, life is unfair. Get used to it. Uh, It is so true. uh, We cannot deny it. And yet, you know, someone like Bill Gates saying it, you know, we don't, we don't like it. We don't like to hear because, yes, it is true. I feel like richer people get richer and poor people become poor in this world. Uh, during COVID, we realized that the world is connected. Even the spreading out of virus, you know, within a couple of months, it just spread out so quickly and the entire world is suffering and going through a pandemic. But even during this pandemic, 
We recognize that there is injustice and unfairness everywhere. People who are making a lot more money, seizing this opportunity, getting way ahead, and there are a lot of young people who are losing their opportunity or missing out. And we wonder, where is God in this kind of unfairness and injustice in the world? Winners are winning and losers are keep losing in this broken world. But it is so evident because right from the get-go, book of Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, when sin came into this world, uh, things messed up and broken. And we see injustice even in the Bible. The evil people who refuse to trust in the Lord prosper in the world. They may get things what they want. So we've been going through the life of Elijah, and just like a person, King Ahab, evil man, wicked person, who abused his power, and yet he is idol-worshipping, persecuting prophets of God. In chapter 20, which we skip, he wins great battle. He conquers the land. He gains fame, wealth. He experiences a victory in his life. That's something that you and I need to come to realization that we cannot comprehend. And it seems life is unfair. There are some of us who may feel like very skeptical of our life. You see, there is no point for us to try. There is no point for us to be honest. Some of us, we say, well, that's why we need to compromise and compete and get ahead of other people. But what does the Bible say about God's justice in this broken world? The first point that you and I need to recognize is that the sinful desire is the root of injustice. As we come back to today's passage, King Ahab laying down in his bed, aching, trouble in his heart. Why? Was he troubled because of his sin? Repenting before the Lord, out of guilt and shame, loss of something? Absolutely not. In verse 4, it says, Ahab went into his house vexed and sullen because of what Naboth, the Zezreelite, had said to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my father. And he lay down on his bed and turned away his face and would eat no food. So he was not eating. He was aching. Why? Because he wanted to take this vineyard possessed by Naboth. But he got rejected, turned down. Maybe he was hurting in his pride, or maybe he was perseverating because that's something that he really wanted. So he fixated on this vineyard, and he lost his appetite and lying down in his bed. Even though he won the victory, even though he conquered the land, gaining glory, fame, power, because of this one person's vineyard possession, he was aching. 
And brothers and sisters, that is the evidence of our human sinful nature. Even if we have everything that we need, if there's something that we want to have, we start fixing it on rather than enjoying what we have received, we want to possess it. Garden of Eden, Adam and the woman had everything. Freedom. Best relationship with God and fellowship, communion as husband and wife. You name everything, anything they were able to have and enjoy. Except this fruit of knowledge of good and evil. And that enemy is tempting so that Adam and the woman is fixating on this one thing that they are not allowed to have. In the same way, many of us were blessed. We have a lot of things that God has given to us. Family, maybe some of us health, opportunity, study, job, career, influence, place where we can serve and be blessing to other people. And yet, rather than Focusing on those, we fixated on something that we don't have right now. And then the moment that we achieve or conquer, that we move on to the next thing that we want. That's what happened to King Ahab. Lying down, not doing anything, not even eating, discouraged. So his wife, Jezebel, came to him and said, What's wrong with you, king? And Ahab shared his wife and Jezebel, you know, who was even more wicked, evil, said, Come on, you're the king. Be a man. Or, like, do something. Step up. I have a great plan. Why don't you declare national fast and gather everyone and somehow, you know, use two worthless men to have Deception, or to have a bad report on Naboth, saying that Naboth was cursing and mocking God and the king. So that he will be guilty and that we can kill him. And then you can take Naboth's vineyard. It is very interesting because throughout entire narrative of the scripture, Ahab did not worship God. He never even offer sacrifice. And yet this is the first time that Ahab calling the name of God and using worship and fasting in order for him to gain someone's vineyard. For his purpose, to fulfill his selfish, sinful desire. Brothers and sisters, it is very possible for us to come to God with such motivation. Rather than worshiping God and really adjusting our lives with a true repentance, applying God's truth in our lives, sometimes we come before the Lord because we want to get something by using the name of God or the power of God so that religion becomes our stepping stone. Sometimes we are selfish 
in terms of pursuing our spiritual walk. I don't know how many of you have watched Squid Game. Uh, I watched Squid Game. Uh, probably maybe more than half of you. Uh, in the beginning, I was like, what is the Squid Game? I realized that a lot of even non-Korean uh, people were watching, and it's like becoming number one K-drama. Even my daughter's friends were watching it. So I was like, I have to watch it. Don't worry, I'm not going to spoil you for those of you who haven't watched yet. Or I just want to make sure that you don't get stumbled by the fact that I watched Squid Game. Uh, but without really spoiling, and there's one thing that I really troubled my heart was uh, there's one person, a player, you know, who's Christian. Number one, I was puzzled because this Christian was in the game. Why would he even go into the game and compete for the money? And then every critical decision or stepping stone that he was praying. And yet, out of all those competitors, like he was like most one of the selfish person. And I was upset in a way that it's like, is this person or producer or director like anti-Christian or something? Maybe he is, maybe he is not. But at least I had to come to a place where, you know what, maybe that's how the world is seeing Christianity today. We pray, we worship. It seems genuine. We're very, very serious about we pray and the way that we live out our religion, and yet, Sometimes we are even more selfish. Try to take advantage of the system in order to win or to compete and gain whatever we want. Only the difference is that we use religion as a tool or a stepping stone. And there are many of us even though we were blessed by God, just like Ahab, who gained everything that he wanted. He had it all, and yet fixated on something that he couldn't have and paralyzed. Brothers and sisters, what is your Naboth vineyard in your life, in your heart today? What is something that you are fixated on and somehow that you lost your joy and reason and the purpose why you're living out your life. Because of that one thing that you couldn't have. Doesn't matter how much we try to cover. Selfish, sinful desire is sin in the eyes of God. And it could happen not only to Ahab, but even like King David, who was a man after God's own heart. He had it all. He was enjoying and delighting in his relationship. And yet one day when he saw Bathsheba, the one person that he shouldn't have, and yet he was fixating on having this person and this woman, He ended up lying and killing 
his servant Uriah, abusing his own power. Brothers and sisters, if it could happen to King David, it could happen to all of us and any of us. Maybe that's why some of us, we feel like we cannot really enjoy freedom and somehow we are being paralyzed by this Nazareth vineyard in our life. And I hope and pray the Holy Spirit is revealing those areas in our heart as we worship God today, this morning. Which leads to my next point. Because when this world is full of injustice and unfairness because of our own sinful desire, where is God? The second point is that revealing God's justice with self-control. What do I mean by that? I want us to look at it from Naboth's perspective. I mean, king comes to you and says, Naboth, please let me have your vineyard. It's not like you know, taking it away, stealing. King offered a great deal. Naboth, I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you even more. If you want, I will give you better vineyard. I really want this. But Naboth rejected the deal. Why? What was the reason? If you really read the scripture, it's, it was not rejection, but it was out of self-control. Out of self-control. When we talk about self-control, most of us, we think that self-control is like you cannot do anything. You're prohibited. You cannot enjoy anything. But when Bible talks about self-control, it's rather opposite. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit where you delight fully, completely, with something that God has given to you. If you are content, satisfied, and delight in what you have already received from God, you are able to then exercise self-control. There are a lot of great pleasures that God has given to you. But if you cannot be satisfied and content, you move on to other things. And that's where we sin. There's an addiction. We cross the boundary. God has given us a marriage where we delight and enjoy and find pleasure enjoying God and enjoying one another. But when we cannot find satisfaction and contentment, and that's when we cross the boundary and look for something else outside of marriage. If you name any sin, it happens when you cannot enjoy what you have received and hence you cannot enjoy self-control of your life. Think about driving freeway. Probably many of you uh, drove a highway 401 or 407 or whatever. 
And one day, you know, I was driving 401, and it dawned on me, like, this is very, it's like a miracle. Everyone driving so fast, and yet staying in this, their lane. So organized, right? And if everyone drive accordingly, and enjoy that, and have a self-control, no one will get into an accident. But what happens? Someone texts, someone takes substance, someone speed, someone changes lane without signal. And once we violate such self-control, that's when disaster, accident, tragedy takes place. And that goes to every relationship, your workplace. And I'm not talking about morale or, you know, talking about this ethic. But God has already given us a vaccine against self-sinful uh, self desire, which is self-control in God. And having that as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. What was the reason that Naboth refused to take money from the king? Leviticus chapter 25 verse 23 says this, The land shall not be sold in perpetuity, for the land is mine, for you are strangers or sojourners with me. What happened was that Naboth truly believed that land that he received, it was by grace of God. He has inherited by God's perfect will. So it wasn't about money. You know what? I'm going to refuse so that I will get more money. I will become richer. I will flip it. Never truly believed that this was God's land, inheritance from God. Therefore, it's not about money. I am content with God-given land. I am satisfied with what God has given to me. So the neighbor exercise self-control. So he was refusing and he was fighting against sinful desire. But what happened? The outcome. This is unfair because Nebuchadnezzar was killed by keeping the word of the Lord. By honoring God's word in his life. And that's why we say that life is unfair and it is full of injustice. The Christians who try to live out their biblical truth in their workplace, and yet we see people who are cheating. People who are greedy, taking advantage, abusing. They are prospering. Where is God? Where was God when Nebuchadnezzar was stoned to death? Was God powerless? Was God avoiding the situation? And sometimes, just like a King Ahab, there are power in this world, government sometimes even, or corruption, a systemic problem. What they're saying is that we are just trying to be equal or trying to be fair, and yet even in that the name of justice, we see injustice. We see equality, and yet it is so unequal. What do you do when there's a conflict between the word of the Lord and the corruption? 
Because we know this world is so secularized and anti-Christian where when we speak about the truth of God and not compromising, holding on to the gospel of God, under the name of equality, we get treated differently. It is unfair. Where is God? But one thing that we know for sure is that God is watching. In Deuteronomy chapter 32, 35 says, Vengeance is mine and recompense. For the time when their foot shall slip, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and their doom comes swiftly. The word of the Lord promises us that there is God's justice. There will be God's righteousness being revealed. That he will pay back. And those, especially those who suffer in the name of God, and people who are, feel like it is unfair for us to live out the truth of God. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11 to 12, Blessed are you when others revile you, and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you, falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. I know it could be unfair, especially during like online. It's been like a year and two years. You know, in fact, many of people, you know, they cheat during exam. It's like you don't want to cheat, but you feel like this is unfair because you are not cheating, but everyone who are cheating, like they're getting better GPA. But at the end of the day, our life is not about GPA, but it's about the way that God is training and shaping your character. And in the end, God is the one who is going to lift you up and use for your glo His glory. You see, our God is watching, and that He will intervene in his perfect timing. You see even God's righteousness and justice, it comes with self-control. So God was exercising self-control. God could pay back and God could take revenge right away and deal with Ahab and yet God was waiting for right timing. He was waiting for Elijah to be ready. He was waiting for the next king to take over. When the timing was right, that's when God dealt with Ahab. Chapter, First uh, King, chapter two, verse thirty-four. Listen to this. But a certain man drew his bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the scale armor and the breast plate. Isn't it interesting? There was a random person, not even aiming to Ahab, but randomly shooting. And somehow he just went through in between of his armor, and King Ahab falls. The corruption and the evil, God deals with in his own timing. 
It was not coincident. Random act or incident. You see, God was waiting for his timing. Even Queen Jezebel, 2 Kings chapter 9, verse 30 to 37, we see God removes her from her position. We see Jesus Christ who came to reveal God's righteousness. But even Jesus who came to proclaim righteousness and justice of God came with self-control. Where he was born and placed in manger, exercising self-control. He preached the gospel and took the cross and shedding his blood, the power of the gospel revealed through self-control as well. And yet, we know in God's timing, his perfect plan and righteousness get revealed. We also know that those who abuse God-given privilege, relationship, opportunity, even position, that God will deal with them accordingly. So, brothers and sisters, do you feel like you are being treated unfairly? I want you to know that God is with you and God knows what you go through and God's heart is aching. And that he will not let your suffering and unfairness go waste. At the same time, it comes to all of us who abuse the power or even privilege that God has given to us. Inviting us to repent before the Lord if there's anything that we violated God's truth in our lives. My next point is about calling God's people to live out His justice. So yes, we need to wait for God's timing, but it doesn't talk, encouraging us to remain passive. God is going to take revenge, so you know, just wait and do, and do nothing. That's not what I'm saying. As we read along chapter 21, uh, we see Elijah coming back. In verse 17, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. So Elijah finally coming back and proclaiming God's justice. It is very interesting because Elijah, in his first half of ministry, he focused on spiritual renewal. Fighting against idol. But second half of his ministry now, he's focusing on God's justice, righteousness. And when we talk about righteousness and justice, what is the difference? Righteousness, when we refer to the character of God, God as righteous God. So what is justice? Justice is something that we apply God's character in our everyday life. So justice is more of an implication in our lives. So what is justice? When we live out God's character, God's truth, God's promise in our everyday life, 
that's when true justice will take place. A lot of conservative Christians focus on spiritual renewal, salvation, and a lot of liberal churches talk about justice and even social justice. But brothers and sisters, social justice or any kind of justice will never bring perfect utopia or perfect harmony. And when we go to the community outreach or even mission field and talk about justice without the power of the gospel, it is never complete. When you go everywhere, they talk about justice and equality. Even in education system these days, right? They talk about equality. So even in public school, you know, kids are not, I mean, sometimes they need to wait and slow down because there are people who are less privileged. So it's not fair to, you know, just go through a certain curriculum because there are people who cannot access. So in the name of equality, sometimes and there are a lot of things that, that we cannot even enjoy. In the United States, when things were worse, even some of the campus ministry were asked to leave campus in the name of equality. But brothers and sisters, justice from human perspective it always fluctuates because who determines fairness? It is different. So who determines the fairness? But in the Bible, justice is always from the standard of God, God's truth. It is not determined by our own humanism our own culture, our perspective, or race, or privileged people. It is determined by the word of the Lord, that is true justice, that we believe and we proclaim. So justice of God and the gospel can never be separated. Elijah proclaimed justice not because all of a sudden he became like social justice person, but because he honored God and he believed that God is the author, perfecter, and the Lord of everything. And that is why you and I pursue justice of God. Did Elijah fight back? Absolutely not. He did not take revenge. But he proclaimed and rebuked and confront Ahab. What does it mean for us to live out justice in our lives? Maybe most of us, we're not called to like preach justice of God, but for us to really live out justice of God in our everyday life. Maybe there are certain individuals that we are not treating certain people in a way that God wants us to treat or love and serve.
When I visited Korea a few years ago, my heart was aching because so many mega churches in Korea, they have money. And what they were saying is that, you know, we want to do multi-ethnic ministry. So they hire like 20, 30 full-time ordained pastors from minor ethnic group. Oh, we want to reach out to people in Cambodia so they have a full-time Cambodian pastor. We want to reach out to Japanese so they have a full-time ordained pastor for Japanese worship. So they had like 20, 30s of like these pastors who are paid and yet they were failing in their ministry. So when some of the pastors came from uh, North America, they were asking, so how do we do like multi-ethnic ministry? And when we visited their church, it was so evident because even though they were higher as a staff, they were treated like unfairly. Like they were treated like disrespected. Unfairly. Some of them were ordained and yet treated less than non-ordained Korean pastors. And I was so upset. Loving them, respecting them, and honoring them is the first beginning of God's justice. And yet we see that even inside of the church, even mission field. But when Elijah proclaimed God's justice, Ahab was afraid. And that's how it's supposed to be. This world should be afraid of church because we proclaim and we live out God's justice in our lives. But the problem is, they make fun of church. They say, well, you as a church, you as a Christian, are more selfisher than we are. If that is the message that we hear, maybe God is speaking the message to us to really reflect where we are and what we desire, and how we pursue things in our lives. In verse 27, when Ahab heard, how did we respond? When Ahab heard those words, he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his flesh and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about dejectedly. Ahab repent. It was shallow repentance. He repented because he didn't want to be in trouble from God. He didn't want to be punished. It was temporal repentance. And yet our God is amazing because his mercy is like so beyond our own calculation because God still spared Ahab's life because he repented and said, but this punishment will go to your children. You know how Ahab responded? At least it's not me. At least it's our next generation. At least my children will be punished, but not me. And that's how we approach things in life, whether it's environment. You know, I was hearing news and CRB, you know, even people, I mean, people who are desperately in need and, you know, praise the Lord that God provides even through government. 
But when I heard the news that there are people actually who have took advantage of CRB when they were able to work and abuse the system, our children will need to pay back. They are the ones who have to uh, suffer. And yet many of us, we're like a king have. At least we're okay. At least our generation will get by. Let me close today's message. You know, God is God of justice. And his justice will be revealed in his time. But until then, God is inviting us not to give up or compromise, but for us to faithfully proclaim and hold on to the truth of God. Yes, there are times that people will take advantage, but God will remember that. And God remember Naboth. And this is what it says in 2 King chapter 9, verse 26. As surely as I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth, and the blood of his sons declared the Lord, I will repay you on this plot of ground. Now therefore take him up and throw him on the plot of ground in accordance with the word of the Lord. God remember blood of Naboth. Which leads to our ultimate comfort and confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. If God remembers the blood of Naboth, how much more when you and I are being covered by blood of Jesus Christ? God's ultimate solution to bring justice and righteousness, it is through the blood of Jesus Christ. And only those who are in and covered by blood of Jesus Christ, knowing that he's the Lord and Savior, not only for our spiritual pleasure, but to live out God's character in our everyday life, God will remember And God will journey and walk with us. And that gives us a perspective, once again, for us to live out the justice of God in our everyday life. The power of the blood of Jesus Christ reveals God's kingdom and justice. Let's pray together. Brothers and sisters, as we come to recognize once again, you know, there are evil and injustice, unfairness everywhere. But if you really think about it, it begins with our sinful desire, right? Just like a King Ahab, he had, he had it all. And yet, separating and fixating on someone's vineyard. What is Naboth vineyard in your heart today? Causing, a, causing you to be so incontent, unsatisfied, paralyzed. God has given you tremendous blessing, opportunity, God has given you purpose to live out. But what is causing you to stop? So if there is any area we feel like that we've been 
pursuing those ungodly desire. Let us acknowledge, confess, and ask the Lord, God, would you give me this fruit of the Holy Spirit, self-control. Again, self-control is not about like prohibiting, but it's about really delighting in what you have already received. If you couldn't really enjoy what you have received in your family, from your spouse, from your children, or even your school, whatever, maybe you need to ask the Lord, Lord, would you change my heart today? Help me to delight in something that you have given to me. And let me live out your truth in my everyday life. So let's spend some time in prayer. Heavenly Father, when we see Ahab, when we see David, we see ourselves many times. When we fail to find true joy and satisfaction in what you have blessed us with, rather than being controlled by self-sinful desire, Lord, would you equip, equip us and empower us to find satisfaction in you? May your righteousness, the character, will be revealed through our lives and relationship, and even in our workplace and wherever we go. And every decision that we make, let us to delight and to reflect your character in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray.